Welcome to the Celebration Church podcast and thanks so much for tuning in. Celebration Church is one church in 10 locations across Southeast Louisiana. We are all about changing lives, homes, our city, and the world through Jesus Christ. We hope that you're both encouraged and challenged by today's message. Now today we're going to begin looking at the Christmas story from the Gospel of Matthew. So if you have a Bible or Bible app on your phone, you can turn to Matthew chapter 1. And today we're going to learn some things from the Christmas story that will challenge us, but hopefully will also change us. I became a Christian many years ago, and I've been a Christian for a long time. And I don't know about you, but when I became a Christian, I thought, man, my life is going to be good from now on. God had delivered me from so many struggles and strongholds, from different addictions in my life. He had transformed my attitude, my ambitions, my actions, and my relationships. I thought life is going to be easy. But here's what I discovered early on as a Christian. Living in God's will is not always easy. In fact, living in God's will can present challenges that we wouldn't experience if we were living outside of God's will. But we want to learn today from the story of a man named Joseph how to have resolve and determination to live out God's will even in the most difficult, challenging times of our lives. In Matthew chapter 1, we find these words that tell us something about uh, the coming of Jesus Christ to our world. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse 18, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man, and he didn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you're to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the prophet Isaiah said, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And when the son was born, Joseph named him Jesus. We're reminded from Joseph's story that living out God's will is not always easy in our lives. You know, Jesus said the same thing. Jesus said in John 16, here on earth you'll have many troubles and trials. Uh, but he said, here on earth you'll have many trials and sorrows. In our story, we find Joseph in the midst of some trouble. How many of you have ever experienced trouble in your life? Maybe you've experienced physical trouble because of an illness or an injury. Maybe you've experienced financial trouble because you ran out of money somewhere at some time. Uh, maybe you've experienced relational trouble. You've experienced conflict with others in your life or, or vocational trouble, trouble finding a job or trouble on the job. Uh, troubles are a part of every person's life. And people often ask me, Pastor, why do we experience trials and troubles even when we're trying to live for the Lord? Maybe a better question would be, why does the Lord allow us to go through so much struggle and difficulty in our lives? Now, listen to me carefully. The Bible teaches us that the Lord does allow difficulty in our lives from time to time, but it's because he's more interested in our character development than he is in the comfort of our lives. 
Now, the truth of the matter is you and I are interested in different things at times than the Lord's interested in. We're interested in our comfort. We're interested in convenience. Uh, we're interested in our career and other things like that. Uh, and all those things, I think, to some degree are important to the Lord, but primarily he's interested in the development in our character. Why is that? It's because we're not taking our comfort or our careers to heaven. We're taking our character to heaven. And God is preparing us for heaven. And God says the coal of life is character development. Again, not our career, not our personal comfort. Until we understand that, by the way, life isn't going to make sense. All kinds of problems are going to come into our lives. We're going to go, why me, Lord? Why is this happening to me? As if life is to be a life of comfort. Well, it's not. The goal of life is not comfort or even the advancement of our careers. Life is about character development. And one of the things the Bible says it takes to develop our character is dealing with trouble in our lives. Listen to these verses from James chapter 1. When trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. When your endurance is fully developed, you'll be strong in character and ready for anything. You see, because of the troubles you've experienced, some of you have developed a strong character. Some of you have become a character, but some of you have developed a strong character. And you're well on your way to being ready for anything and everything. Having said that, when facing great difficulties and challenges, it always helps us to have great resolve and determination in our lives. And that's what we find in studying the life of Joseph in the Christmas story. Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, was resolved to live out the Lord's will, even though doing so was going to be very difficult and challenging for him. Honestly, we don't know much about Joseph except what we read here in Matthew chapter 1 and again in Matthew chapter 2, a text we'll refer to later. We know that he lived in Nazareth. We know that he was a carpenter. We know that he was betrothed to a teen girl named Mary, that he had every intention of marrying Mary and spending the rest of his life with her. But then a unique and unusual situation occurred. Mary came to him and told him that she was pregnant, that she was pregnant not by a man, but she had been impregnated by the Holy Spirit. As a result, she said to Joseph she was going to give birth to the Messiah, to the, the, the Savior of the world. Now, you talk about a scary and discouraging situation. That's what Joseph found himself dealing with. Now, the Bible says he was, Matthew 1.19 says he was betrothed to Mary. And Matthew 1.19 tells us that later on he was going to divorce her. And in Matthew 20, Mary's called Joseph's wife. Does all that, does all that sound confusing? It is confusing to our Western thinking minds and ways, but it was very common in Jewish or Middle Eastern culture. We think of marriage as an event, but, in Jewish, but a Jewish marriage was a process. First, there was the engagement stage or the contractual stage. And by the way, that wasn't even between the two people getting married. That was between their parents. Their parents would come along and decide, I want my son to marry this woman. And the, 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 the parents of the daughter, the woman would say, I want my daughter to marry this son. And so they would, re, they would set up the marriage. It was an arranged marriage, and that was a part of the marriage process. How would you like it if your parents picked out the person that they thought you ought to marry? Some of you may be thinking they probably could have better done a better job than I have. Well, the second step of marriage was the betrothal stage, equivalent to our engagement. That would usually last uh, about one year, and it was a binding contract that could only be dissolved by a divorce. Then would come marriage itself, which would usually last for about a week before the marriage was consummated. How many of you are glad we don't do marriage that way here in the 21st century? Now, during the betrothal stage, even though the couple was bound together morally and legally, they could not have sexual relations until they were married, which is why it says in Matthew 1.18 that Mary was still a virgin. 
Now, Joseph's got this real confusing, scary, uh, disconcerting situation on his hand. Nobody would want to be in that situation. But here's what we discovered from the story in Matthew 1. Joseph had the resolve, the determination, the faith to hang in there, even when everything was uncertain, even when everything was scary and frightening and discouraging. Let me tell you something. Determination is a necessary and powerful thing in our lives. Calvin Coolidge, a former U.S. president, once said, nothing in the world can take the place of persistence or determination. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. The slogan, press on, has solved and always will solve the problems of the human race. Now, I don't believe that determination is omnipotent, as President Cooley said. I believe only God is omnipotent, all-powerful. And I don't believe that uh, determination will solve the problems of the human race. I believe only God can solve the problems of the human race. But I do believe that determination and resolve are crucial to live in a strong life, a resilient life, a victorious life. So what situations in our lives require resolve and determination so we, and determination so we can live the vibrant and victorious lives God's called us to live we find answers to that question in the story of Joseph in Matthew chapter 1 and 2. Here's what we discover. We need resolve when dealing with discouragement in our lives. Let me ask you, have you ever been discouraged in your life? If you're a teenager, you perhaps are discouraged because of all the homework that you've been assigned or because of the conflict that you find between you and your parents. If you're a parent, you, you may deal with discouragement because you, you have trouble getting your kids to mind you or cooperate with you in some kind of way. If you're unemployed, you may be discouraged because you're having trouble finding a job. If you are employed, you may be discouraged because of the kind of job that you have or the kind of people that you have to work with. If you're single, you may be discouraged because you don't have a significant other right now in your life. If you are married, you may be discouraged because of the significant other you have in your life. Here's what I'm telling you. We all have or all will have discouragers and discouraging situations in our lives. So, so we have to be prepared to overcome them. Now, when a woman discovers that she's pregnant, it often brings joy to her heart and to her companion's heart. But sometimes, especially when the couple isn't married, when somebody finds out they're pregnant, it brings discouragement to their mind and heart, at least for a period of time. Joseph was having to deal with that kind of discouragement. Discouragement of discovering that Mary is pregnant while knowing that he hadn't slept with her. Can you imagine what was going through Joseph's mind at this time? Mary first told him, when Mary first told him she was pregnant, I'm sure he thought, what are people going to say about this? And, and what kind of hardship will Mary's pregnancy bring to my life? I'm sure he was very disappointed and discouraged. In his mind, his life was all set. He was going to get married to this woman and live happily ever after. And then Mary shows up and, with some kind of wild story about being impregnated by the Holy Spirit of God. I'm sure all of us would have been discouraged if we had been in Joseph's shoes. Have you ever been discouraged in your life at some time or another by something that someone else did or someone else said? If you have, you're not alone. Some of God's best people throughout the centuries have struggled with discouragement, some even with depression. I'm talking about people like Moses and Elijah and Jeremiah and Jonah and John the Baptist and, and this man named Joseph that we're studying about today. We often have to deal with physical, emotional, financial, relational, and vocational discouragements in our lives. We have to deal, again, with physical discouragements when we're struggling with an illness or an injury as a result of an accident or disease or getting older. 
Someone said, you, you know you're getting old. When some of your body parts don't work and what, uh, some of your, when most of your body parts hurt and what doesn't hurt, doesn't work, you know you're getting older. It brings discouragement to people's lives. Oftentimes people have to deal with emotional discouragements or financial discouragements when they have too much money at the end of their money or, or relational discouragement when they have conflict with friends or family members or spouses and others, and et cetera. Sometimes we have to deal with vocational discouragements when we're corrected rather than complimented at work, when we don't get that promotion or raise that we deserve or when we lose our jobs. I'm telling you, discouragement is really a regular part of life. Anybody besides me and Joseph ever had to deal with discouragement in our lives? All of us have, and all of us will. But listen to this promise from Jesus. Again, John 16, we read the early part of that verse early on. But Jesus said, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, be encouraged, because I've overcome the world. Jesus was saying that we can be cheerful and courageous even when things are going bad for us, even when things aren't going right for us. So he's telling us, don't give up. Don't give in to discouragement. Keep pushing on. Stay determined. Keep pursuing God's will and God's way for our life. And we can do that if, like Joseph, we have faith and resolve in our lives. Resolve enables us to push on when we should be totally discouraged. We also need resolve when dealing with doubt in our lives. Let me ask you a question. What, what situations have caused you to struggle with doubt in your life? While you're thinking about that question, I want to say it appears from our text that Joseph had doubts about Mary's explanation for her pregnancy, which is why he considered extricating himself from this engagement and relationship. How, how many of you would have doubts? The person you were engaged to came to you and said they, were, they had been miraculously impregnated by God himself. Some years ago, I watched an older movie titled Father of the Bride, Part 2. It starred the comedian Steve Martin, and his daughter was pregnant, but then his wife came to him, and she was in her older 40s or early 50s, and tell him that she also was pregnant. And he responded to her announcement by asking, and whom, may I ask, is the father? He had doubts about his wife. Well, Joseph obviously had doubts about whether or not he should go through with a marriage to marry. According to the law of that day, if a woman was to be found unfaithful, she and her, she and her betrothed, if a woman were found to be unfaithful before she and her spouse were married, one of three things could happen. She could be stoned to death. Man, that was a harsh, cruel thing, but that was part of how they handled situations like that in that day. Or she could be made a public spectacle and disgrace. Or she could be uh, the, the man could divorce her privately. He could take her before some legal officials, declare that he didn't want to be married any longer, receive a legal divorce, even though the marriage ceremony hadn't taken place and the marriage hadn't been consummated. And go on his way, to, it would leave uh, that woman probably in a lot of shame in her life. We're told that Joseph was considering doing, carrying out this third option, quietly, quietly get into divorce. Why? Because he was full of doubt. He doubted Mary's story. Maybe he doubted her character. Maybe he doubted her purity. Perhaps he doubted God. He doubted his ability to be the kind of earthly father that it would require to be the father of the Messiah. I don't know how all the things were going through Joseph's life, but he, he was obviously struggling with doubt. Now, we, and sometimes justifiably, have doubts about others. But many people also have doubts about the Lord. Have you ever had doubts about the Lord, doubts about his love for you, or even 
is like for you? Have you ever had doubts about whether or not he's really interested in your life? Or if God, if he's able to really help you here in this life? Here's some common doubts that people struggle with in our day and time. Some people doubt that the Lord even exists in our day and time. There's a billboard that's often put up across our nation during the Christmas season that has a picture of the wise men following a star. And the billboard says, you know it's a myth. This season, celebrate reason. Now, while there is a growing trend of atheism in our nation, I find it harder. I don't know about you, but I find it harder to believe that there is no God than to believe that there is indeed a God. The odds of the universe and humankind all coming together by random accident are so astronomical, quite honestly, I don't know if I have that kind of faith. You see, where there is a creation, there has to be a creator. Where there's an effect, there has to be a cause. Where there's a design, there has to be some kind of designer. And that's what the Bible says as well. It says in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, from the time the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky and all that God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse whatsoever for not knowing God. And the Bible also says in Psalm chapter 14, verse 1, only fools say in their heart, there is no God. One time an atheistic teacher was trying to convince her classroom of students that Jesus wasn't born of a virgin. He wasn't the savior of the world. And so she asked, how many of you believe like me? And, and one little girl didn't raise her hand. The teacher said to her, Susie, why do you believe in Jesus? And why do you believe he was born of a virgin? And Susie thought about the question. She said, well, I, I believe in Jesus and believe he was born of a virgin and believe he's God's son because my parents are Christians and they believe like that. And, and, and because my grandparents are Christians and they believe like that. And because my great-grandparents are Christians and they believe like that. And so the teacher, trying to be sarcastic, said, well, what if your parents were morons? And your grandparents were morons and your great-grandparents were morons. What would that make you? And she said, well, I think that would probably make me an atheist. Now, I'm not saying atheists are morons, but it takes a lot more faith to not believe there is a God than it does to believe that there is a God who created humankind and our world and our universe. Some people doubt also that the Lord cares about their life. Joseph probably wondered about that when he received this news from Mary. Does God really care about me? Why is God putting me in this situation? This situation is too big for me to comprehend or solve. Do you ever wonder if the Lord really cares about you? Well, the Bible says this in Jeremiah 31.3. God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. God says, I love you. I care about you. I'm interested in your life. I, I, I want you to know I care about every day of your life, every detail of your life. See, God loves us on the days when we're good and on the days when we're not so good. One time my wife Vicki was singing a song to our youngest grandson, Ashton. She was singing the song, Jesus Loves Me. And she sang a verse I hadn't heard before. It said, Jesus loves me when I'm good, when I do the things I should. And Jesus loves me even when I'm bad. Though it makes him very sad. I'm telling you, the Lord loves us with an everlasting love. In fact, the Bible says in Romans 5, 8, God loves us so much, he showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us. That's how much he loves us. I live in the city of New Orleans, and some years ago, I was walking through the French Quarter of New Orleans, which is a place for tourists, but can also be a dangerous place. And uh, I was out there, we were sharing the gospel of Jesus, telling people about the Lord and uh, after having some success in doing that and people praying to receive Christ for us, I was so excited. And I was walking down, uh, walking from the main streets, which were well lit, uh, back to my car. And I walked past an alley. 
And as I was walking past this alley, I saw an older man by himself down the alley. And he called out to me and said, would you help me? Would you help me? I looked around for a moment. It seemed like a somewhat safe situation, older man. And, and so by himself, so I walked down the alley and knelt beside the older man and said, sir, what can I do to help you? And he said, just love me. I just want somebody to love me. And I said to him, sir, I've just met you, but I want you to know I love you as much as I can love you. But I want you to know more importantly than that, God loves you. And that moment, that older man burst into tears. And he burst into tears and said, well, tell God to show me that he loves me. I said, that's easy. God's already shown you how much he loves you by sending his son, Jesus Christ, in the world to die for you, that your sins could be forgiven, that you could have eternal life. And again, he was crying, and as he was crying, he fell, he fell toward me and sort of pinned me up against the wall. At that moment, I heard footprints, uh, footsteps running down the alley. I looked up, and four of the toughest guys I'd ever seen were running toward me. I stood up and tried to find a way to get away, and all of a sudden, they were on me. The first two guys grabbed me and slammed me against the wall. One guy was the roughest-looking guy I'd ever seen. The other guy had knife cuts on his face. The first guy said to me, where's your money? I I was too afraid to even answer. The second guy then asked the question, what are you doing here? And by that time, I could muster words, and I said, I'm just trying to tell this old man about how much God loves him and how Jesus Christ can change his life. At that moment, the two guys in the back who looked rougher than the first two pushed pushed their way to the front, turned to the first two guys and said, go on and get out of here. And then they said to me, now, when you finish telling this old man about how much God loves him and about how Jesus Christ can change his life, we want you to tell us about how much God loves us and how Jesus Christ can change our lives. And that day, uh, that night, God showed his love for the older man. He showed his love for those guys. He showed his love for me by protecting me as well. You see, it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, how many times you've messed up in your life. It doesn't matter how you've lived. God loves you with an everlasting love. Some people doubt that the Lord can change your lives or circumstances. Uh, some, would, uh, some would say, okay, I believe the Lord exists, and I believe that he cares about me, but I'm not sure that he can change my life. I'm not sure he can change, deliver me from my struggles or strongholds. I'm not sure he can change my circumstances or my relationships. I'm not sure that the Lord can do those things in today's world. Is that how you feel? If it's not, you know many people who feel that way. I just finished visiting in my hometown with my mom and my brothers, and and there sometimes I'll bump into people in my hometown, and one particular uh, wise older Christian always says with a twinkle in her eye, Dennis, you were the least likely person to become a pastor of all the people who ever lived here. Why would she say that? Because... Because they knew how I lived. They knew the bondages of my life. They knew the struggles and strongholds of my life. But what they, what they perhaps underestimated was the transforming power of the Lord. The Bible says God can transform any person, any circumstances, any relationships. It says in Ephesians 1.19, I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. You say, Pastor, but you don't understand. I'm dealing with an impossible situation. I've got good news for you. Jesus said what is impossible for men is possible with God. I've seen the Lord perform so many miracles in people's lives. I've seen him heal people of incurable diseases. I've seen him restore the most broken of marriages. I've seen him reconcile the most broken of families. I've seen him provide financially in incredible ways. I've seen people, I've seen the Lord do miracles in people's lives. The Bible says he opens doors and no one can shut them. He shuts doors and no one can open them. God is still a miracle-working God. Many of you have seen the Lord work miraculously in 2020 and 2021, and I would love for you to send me a testimony. 
of the miracles that the Lord has performed in your life in the past two years or, or in the past years, you can send that testimony to me at info at celebrationchurch.org, info at celebrationchurch.org. And some people doubt that the Lord's directives are best for their lives. They don't believe that God's way is always the best way. They don't act like they believe that the Lord's way is always the best way. How do I know that? Because they continually get involved in activities or relationships or financial decisions and other things that are completely contrary to God's word, God's way, God's will for their lives. Do you know anybody like that who tries to live life their way rather than God's way, even though they profess to be a follower of Jesus? Here's what Jesus said. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Put God first and live righteously, and God will give you everything that you need. You see, living by God's word. God's way and God's will is sometimes difficult for us. But let me just tell you this. God's way is always the best way. If you have any doubts about that, get rid of those doubts. God's way is always the best way. And the Bible says this in Romans 8, 28. God calls us everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So uh, resolve enables us to trust God even when our circumstances are trying. We need resolve when we're dealing with discouragement. We need resolve when we're dealing with doubts. But we also need resolve when we're dealing with danger in our lives. We didn't read it earlier, but in Matthew chapter 2, there's another episode in Joseph's life that demonstrates his courage and determination. We know the story of the wise man visiting Jesus. And by the way, that happened about 18 to 24 months after the birth of Jesus, not, not right when Jesus was born. King Herod wanted them to return to his palace and tell them where the child could be found. But the wise men, the Bible says, went back another way because they sensed that Herod intended to harm this Christ child. And they were right. Herod sent his soldiers to kill all the children in Bethlehem, two years of age and younger. But the Lord had already warned Joseph through the words of an angel, and Joseph moved his family to Egypt until after Herod had died. And here's the bottom line. Joseph had to deal with the danger of Herod's threats and plans. Have you ever had to deal with any dangerous situations in your life? I've been in a few myself. I just told you about one when I was in the French Quarter witnessing the people, the French Quarter of New Orleans. Another time I went to help resolve a domestic dispute and someone shot at me. Thank God it wasn't hit. You may not have been in situations like that, but sooner or later you're going to find yourself in some type of dangerous situation. Dangerous situations in our lives include emotional and financial and physical and relational and spiritual and vocational threats. When we encounter those kinds of threats, we need to resolve to trust God, to listen to the Lord like Joseph did, to, to live not by fear, but to live by faith in our lives. And we discover when we read the story of Joseph because he was willing to listen to the Lord and trust in the Lord, God delivered him from danger as well as from discouragement and doubt. Here's what the Bible says in Psalm 46, verses 1 and 2. God is our refuge and our strength, always ready to help in time of trouble, so we will not fear. And the Lord says this in Isaiah 43. Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up, and the flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. When you're going through difficult, dangerous times, don't live in fear. Live by faith in the Son of God. Resolve enables us to live faith-filled rather than fear-filled lives. So what are the benefits of living a determined and strong life? 
like Joseph did in the Christmas story. Here's what we find in that story. When we have resolve in our lives, we'll find ourselves living a godly life. There was a statement made about Joseph in Matthew 1 that I wish could be said about every single one of us. The Bible says in Matthew 1, 19, Joseph was a righteous man. And the Lord wants us to be like Joseph. Righteous men and women. Not perfect, but righteous men and women who love God and live for God. And by the way, when we're committed to living a godly life, the Bible says we'll have the Lord's help in and for our lives. David said in Psalm 5, verse 12, For you bless the godly, O Lord, surrounding them with your shield of love. Also, when we have resolve in our lives like Joseph did, we'll find ourselves hearing God's voice. Four times in Matthew 1 and 2, Joseph heard from the Lord. He received direction from the Lord. Now, the Bible says God speaks to us in all kinds of ways. He speaks to us through the Bible, his word. He speaks to us through the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. He speaks to us through other Christians. He speaks to us through visions and dreams. Sometimes he speaks to us through angels like he did with Joseph. The main thing is this. When we have resolve and determination and faith in our lives, the Bible says, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. When we have resolve in our lives, we'll find ourselves obeying God's word. Listen to this next verse. It's an amazing verse to me. It says in Matthew 1, 24, Joseph did what the angel commanded him and took Mary as his wife. You see, when we fully trust in the Lord, when we're determined, when we're resolved to love God and live for God, We'll be willing to obey the Lord. And Jesus said, you're truly my disciples if you keep obeying my teaching. And when we have resolve in our lives, we will find ourselves experiencing God's blessing. The Bible says that the baby was born to Joseph and to Mary. And Joseph is the one who got to name him Jesus. What a blessing it would, must have been to have the Son of God and the Savior of the world in your home. What a blessing that must have been for Mary and for Joseph. Now, Joseph will always be remembered because of the Christmas story. He'll always be remembered because he was the husband of Mary and the earthly father of Jesus. But he should also be remembered because he was a determined man, because he was a man of resolve and a man of faith. And God used this ordinary man to accomplish extraordinary things because of his faith because of his determination, because of his resolve. And God will use ordinary people like you and I to accomplish extraordinary things. When, like Joseph, we have determination and resolve and faith in our lives. Now, I want you to bow your head with me right now. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I want to ask you, in this Christmas season, what kind of challenges are you experiencing? What kind of challenges are you facing? Are you dealing with discouraging situations or relationships? Are you dealing with doubts, struggling with doubts in your heart and mind? Are you dealing with some dangerous sort of situations that are very scary and frightening? Whatever they are, let me remind you that God is bigger than all the challenges you're facing. And I want to encourage you to be like Joseph, to live godly, to be determined, to, to have resolve, to live by faith and not by fear. And God will do mighty and miraculous things in and for and through your life. Again, our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And you know, it all starts with making Jesus Christ the Son of God, the Savior of our lives. You say, how do I do that, Pastor? Just pray with me right now and pray to make Jesus your Savior. Pray something like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God 
and the Savior of the world. And today I'm asking you to come into my life to forgive me of my sins and begin the process of transforming my life. Take away my shame and my guilt, my hurt and my pain and fill my life with your presence, your peace, your love, your joy, with the power to change and live a vibrant and victorious life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you to go to webcc.info and let us know that you prayed that prayer to commit your life to Jesus or to rededicate your life to the Lord. If you have prayer requests, you can share them with us right there at webcc.info as well. I remind you that if you have a testimony of God's delivering, miraculous work in your life, send that to us at info at celebrationchurch.org. And may the Lord enable us, empower us to live a righteous, determined, faith-filled life like Joseph did in his day. If you were encouraged by today's message, make sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. Again, thanks for listening to the Celebration Church Podcast.